to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Today, I'm talking about stages of change. It's an important concept that therapists consider when providing treatment. Change doesn't happen neatly. We usually don't sit in one stage for a specific period of time before moving to the next. It's usually a lot messier than that. You might move back and forth between two stages for years. You might attempt to skip one stage only to find that you end up going back to it later. Or you might find that your progress is often two steps forward and one step back. Identifying what stage you're in can help you decide what action, if any, to take next. It can also help you better understand yourself and your decisions. It may also help you in your relationships with other people. Whether you have an adult child who says they want to change their spending habits, but just don't do it. Or you have a partner who struggles to stick to their goals. Knowing what stage of change someone else is in can help you know how to support them. Sometimes we assume people are ready to take action when they aren't, and it leaves everyone feeling frustrated when things don't go smoothly. If, however, you recognize the stage of change someone is in, you'll be better equipped to support them right where they are. So before I run through these stages of change, take a minute and think about a change that you've thought about making in your life or one that you're already working on. It could be a habit that you want to change, like you want to exercise more often or you want to quit smoking. Or it might involve making a change in your life, like changing jobs. Okay, so hopefully you have some kind of change that you've considered making in mind. Now, as I talk about these six stages, think about which stage you're likely in. Number one, pre-contemplation. This is when you think that you don't have a problem, but other people probably tell you that they have concerns about you. Sometimes people will come into my therapy office because they're mandated by the legal system or some other entity to get counseling, maybe anger management or maybe substance abuse treatment. Despite other people's concerns and piles of evidence that might point to the fact that they have a problem, pre-contemplative people insist that they don't have an issue. Sometimes, though, pre-contemplative people come to therapy because they want to make someone else happy. They might ask me to reassure their partner that there's nothing wrong with them. Or they might say their doctor recommended therapy, and while they don't think it's necessary, they want to make their doctor happy. In this stage, treatment focuses on asking questions about why other people might think they have a problem and how they'd know if they did have a problem. It's not about me convincing them that they do have a problem. It's about just exploring why other people might be concerned. At first, there's often a fair amount of denial. They might say they were framed or there are only two times they've ever tried drugs in their life. And those just happen to be the two times they got arrested. But sometimes people are able to at least consider the possibility that they might have a problem. If you find yourself in this stage, spend some time thinking about why other people might be concerned about you. And be open to at least thinking a little bit about how creating change might be good for you. Stage number two, contemplation. Contemplation is a stage when you're thinking about whether you might have a problem and whether you want to do something about it. In this stage, you might say stuff like, I should really do something about my health, but 
I just don't have time right now. You know a problem exists, but can't yet imagine taking action. There might even be days when you think, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then other days when you think, no, there's no way I can do this. You're just not ready to take action yet. You might be doubting your ability to succeed, or you might be questioning whether you need to actually take action. And you might find that there are still moments when you're in denial. You might think, ah, I don't know, my cholesterol was only high because I ate a lot the day before they took the test. Or I don't actually need to drink less. There are lots of people who drink a lot more than I do. When people come into my therapy office and they're contemplative, we spend time talking about the benefits they'll get if they do make change, as well as the consequence they're likely to experience if they don't make a change. Sometimes this moves the motivation needle enough for someone to decide, okay, I do want to try to make a change in my life. At other times, we explore the fears that keep someone stuck. Like, what if I try my hardest and I don't succeed? Or what if it's too uncomfortable? Or what if this change makes my life worse? We also talk about emotions and how those feelings affect their decision-making. During the times when you feel happy, you might be motivated and confident to do something different. But the second you become sad or anxious, you might be filled with self-doubt. Sometimes, though, after talking about these things for a bit, people decide to move into the next stage. If you think that you're contemplative, write down a list of all the benefits you might gain from creating change, as well as all the consequences you might experience if you don't change. Stage number three, preparation. Preparation is a stage that people sometimes try to skip. They dive straight into taking action without creating a good plan first. And without a clear plan, their attempts to change might fail. This is one of the reasons why so many New Year's resolutions don't last. People say they're going to change on December 31st, but they don't really spend any time thinking about how they'll make that change stick. The preparation stage is critical if you want your change to last over the long haul. People who come into therapy in the preparation stage might say things like, I know what I want to do. I'm just not sure what step to take first. Or they might be looking for some guidance on what course of action they should take. They might ask whether the best way to quit smoking is to go cold turkey, attend a support group, chew nicotine gum, take a medication, or do something else. To help someone in this stage, we usually review the options so they can make an informed decision. Then we talk about the steps they're going to take. Some changes are a gradual shift, like cutting down on the number of drinks per day. Other people want to make a major shift, like they might stop drinking altogether. Someone who's going to make a change will benefit from planning ahead, answering questions like, what action step will you take to make this happen? And what obstacles do you expect you'll encounter? Can help someone gain confidence in their ability to make the change. And that can move them to the next stage. If you're in the preparation stage, this is the time to do your research. Learn about what strategies you want to try. You might talk to other people who've made a similar change and find out how they did it. Or you might want to look ahead and see what obstacles you're likely to encounter. Or you might want to reflect on what hasn't worked in the past so you can move forward with more knowledge than before. Stage number four, action. This is the stage when you're actually taking steps toward your goal. Someone who's in this stage might come into my therapy office saying something like, I lost 30 of the 50 pounds my doctor suggested already. I want help figuring out what else to do. Or they might say, I'm planning on tackling my debt next week and I want some support while I do it. I cut back on my online shopping already, but need to make some more changes in my life. In this stage, we often figure out 
What are the additional steps that you might try or some other changes you might try to make? If you're in this stage, you might experiment with different strategies. For example, you might try working out in the morning one week and then in the afternoon another week to see if there's a time that works better for you than another. Or you might cut back on sweets for a bit and then decide to start adding in daily walks to your routine. Once you're consistently taking action, you might move to the next stage. Stage number five, maintenance. It's no secret that people can often make a change for the short term, but struggle to maintain those results over the long term. Take weight loss, for example. The vast majority of people who lose weight gain it back. That's where the maintenance stage comes in. This is all about maintaining those changes in your life for the long haul. Like, how are you going to maintain your sobriety after you get out of rehab? Or how are you going to stick to your debt reduction plan when the holidays are just around the corner? This stage is all about figuring out how to make the changes last, even when life gets stressful, when your support system changes, or when you encounter obstacles. Stage number six, relapse. We used to talk about the stages of change in terms of five stages, but the model has shifted over the years to include the sixth stage. There are few changes in life that you're ever going to make that are permanent without even a moment of relapse. Relapse doesn't mean you failed. It just means you have an opportunity to learn and grow. But someone who's relapsed might come to therapy saying, I just can't do it, or I lost my motivation. A relapse might mean they've gained their weight back, they've stopped working out, they've picked up smoking again, or they've abandoned their self-improvement strategies. Quite often when people relapse, they think they haven't made any progress. They're frustrated to think they have to start all over again. So we often help them see that they may have taken a step back, but they aren't all the way back at the beginning. Hopefully they've learned a lot along the way and a relapse is just another opportunity so they can move forward with more knowledge than before. In the therapy office, we might look at what went well, where they started to struggle, and whether they want to try again. So rather than ask, what led to your relapse? We sometimes start by asking, how did you do so well for so long? If the person decides to try again, we might move forward with a slightly different plan or with new resources in place to support their efforts. And if you find that you've relapsed, just remember that progress doesn't always come in a straight line. Sometimes things feel a little worse before they get better. So those are the six stages of change. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, and relapse. Understanding what stage you're in and what you need to do to move to the next stage can help you work through the process and perhaps help you create lasting change. And if you're struggling with creating change, you might appreciate episode 138, where we talk about indecisiveness with Dr. Miller. And if you're having trouble making your changes stick, check out episode 106, Psychological Tricks for Lasting Change with Dr. Katie Milkman. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.